Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Bobby Swafford's here. Bobby, if I made a deal like that, you give me something real expensive, and I was like, I'll pay for you eventually. Next year. Yeah, next yeah year. eventually. Yeah, you're cool with that? That money's good. I think yeah. you're not good with that. I think most people are not okay with that. I mean, you've got that. a face that's just trustable. Thanks. Not punchable at all, but trustable. No one's ever said that. Actually, <laughs> most people want to punch me. <laughs> Playoffs are underway already, and uh, we're back at it this weekend. A full slate and some surprising upsets in the NFL last night and in high school football last weekend. Yeah, we had a couple of one seeds go down last week. That's what the beauty about football in November. You have no idea what's going to happen. This is one of the, the, the real teams. You know, I know a lot of teams that make the playoffs that probably shouldn't just because of the way the format is, but there's a this is where we find out. Round two of the playoffs where you get start to get some big-time matchups, and the, the, the quality teams really do start to separate themselves. As a man who has watched his son's rival win seven or eight state championships, and i got a pretty good feeling what's going to happen most years. Mm-hmm. But you're right, this year is a little bit different, especially in 6A, pretty open. Mm-hmm. S- what's the second most open classification, would you guys say? I would say 4A. Yeah, maybe 4A. You know, Harding and Arkadelphia are, are yeah. probably head and shoulders above everybody else, but it wouldn't be surprising if an upset happened there. There was a nice write-up on Mr. Witten from Arkadelphia in the paper uh-huh. today. Donovan? Yeah, he's being, uh, he's, I guess he's been a, what, what do you call it, special walk-on, preferred, walk, preferred walk-on mm-hmm. at Arkansas as a linebacker. Linebacker. Yeah, that's and We cool. saw how big he was. I mean, oh, yeah. he, could easily, he can easily put on 20, 30 pounds and look like a linebacker. I can do that, he's too. He's got some sight. No, he's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, I'm aware. Okay. I mean, he's probably he's got six or seven pounds of hair. He's, he's got a good head of hair. Locks. Great, great head of hair. I think 5A is open, too, with uh, mm-hmm. Joe T. I think that Joe T. Robinson potential, Joe T. Robinson Parkview matchup could be yeah. a lot of fun. And on the other side, uh, Shiloh seems to have a easier path. Mills, I know, wants to have something to mm-hmm. say about that. And Camden Fairview, I, I like right. a lot, too. But yeah, you know, actually, I wasn't surprised uh, that Farmington gave Valley View all they wanted and, and Valley View came out the number one seed. But I think Fairview actually has a pretty good chance mm-hmm. of going up to Northeast Corner and winning that game. Uh, but Shiloh Christian with Eli Wisdom, the quarterback, only the second player in state history with 7,000 passing and 3,000 rushing yards in a career. Uh, those numbers are silly. I yeah. mean, so it's they've got a chance to get back to the championship game. We thought with Robinson and Shiloh moving up that their dominance would end, so that's clearly not the case. But uh, you mentioned Parkview. I mean, they're going to have something to say about it, too, obviously playing on Thursday night this week against Wynn. Yeah, that'll be a fun game, too. If you haven't seen Parkview, they got a mm-hmm. ton of athletes, a very good defense. Amarian Robinson, their safety, has got offers already as a sophomore from schools, including Arkansas. That guy can go. they got a uh, little wide receiver. They call him Money, Money Elston. He's dynamic. When they get the ball in his hands, you're on the edge of your seat because he can take it the distance. So they're, they're a fun team to watch. I'd encourage everybody Thursday night. If you got nothing to do, go out and watch Parkview and win. Or if you have something to do, go out and watch go Parkview and, and win. Yeah. Bobby, for those who are not familiar with the schedule, it's a little different this year the way you guys are doing things. Will you lay that out for folks, including 8-Man, which right. is uh, going to be yeah. a Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night for the second straight year. So last year was the first year that 8-Man football was sanctioned, had a sanctioned championship in our state. So that, that's going to be on December 1st. Uh, that Thursday night in War Memorial Stadium. Uh, it's going to be a packed first weekend. We've got five state championship games on that first weekend because 2A, because of the realignment, more teams choosing to play eight-man football, now has one fewer round of the playoffs. And so that championship game is actually going to be noon on Friday uh, of that first weekend. And so we've got you know, eight-man, 2A, 5, 6, and 7A all that first weekend. And you talked about the teams are you know to expect to get to War Memorial Stadium. I think most people expect Bryant to get there. 
but who else is going to join them? It's a, honestly probably a coin flip. you got three or four teams, I think. Fayetteville, Bentonville, Conway, Cabot have a good chance of – I'm not going to say they're going to pull the upset, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people expect. Mm-hmm. Bryant's defense is, is borderline great this year. Offense, not nearly what they have been in the past, and so that means you're gettables. Do you think uh, – he brings a little Northwest Arkansas uh, influence into our show. I'm big on Central Arkansas. Uh, could we see an all-7A Central semifinal? Uh, I, I think it's possible. I mean, you know, Fayetteville's got got a huge test yeah. with Conway. Uh, Bentonville obviously has – Bentonville has kind of run into this problem the last, I'd say, five or six years. They've been so much better than everybody else in the West, and then they get a bye, and then they have to play a really good team in the quarterfinals, and mm-hmm. they've been upset a couple times. Well, when you go eight weeks, and this is going to sound ugly, but when you go eight weeks and don't play anybody up to your level, that kind of brings you down a yeah. little bit. And so it's, can Bentonville get over that hurdle of being off last week and now taking on North Little Rock, which is a tough matchup, a game that Bentonville probably should win, but you got to rise to the occasion and go out there and play the game and win the games you're supposed to. We had uh, Harding Academy's coach Neil Evans on the show when, uh, earlier this summer, just days after he found out his starting quarterback yeah. had decided to leave and was going to focus on baseball only, and they were going to start this sophomore quarterback, mm-hmm. Owen Miller. Owen Miller, by the way, since then has just been lights out, and Harding Academy's been lights yeah. out. Another one of those teams moving up in classification, yep. but yet they're doing really well, and I, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. consider them, Arkadelphia's, a couple of favorites in 4A. Yeah, they're, they're not blowing out people like they did in 3A. You know, you're not seeing that 63 to 20 scores every week, but they're still you know, winning a lot of games. Obviously, I guess they're, under, they're still undefeated. Uh, so they've got more talent, and w- what a uh, luxury to have your transfer your quarterback says, "Hey, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm going to focus on baseball." And you got a guy who can step right in and lead you to an undefeated regular season. And they beat Valley View earlier this season. Yeah, I believe you did because that yeah. was their only loss last, last year. year. Yeah, they got a little revenge uh, this year. You know, one team I think it's a really cool story, and I've actually put this on the AAA social media today. Connor Baker, uh, the quarterback from Pocahontas, has set the all-time uh, rushing touchdowns record with 99. There's some confusion about what whose record he actually broke. Uh, he actually broke it a couple weeks ago. Uh, Cedric Houston was actually third on the list. Mm. Uh, Gabe Husky of of Harrison was t- uh, tied the record with 91 career touchdowns. Uh, a few years ago. So, but 99 is cl- the, clearly the favorite, and he's likely going to get number 100 this week. Cedric is going to join us in studio next week. Oh, cool. Yeah. Can hang out and talk a little high school football, yeah. a little college football, Tennessee grad, obviously. So, mm-hmm. we, we, t- we, we did a lot of research. Before I put it out there, I knew that the, the record was likely going to fall this year. And so, we did, uh, Leland Barkley, who does all the research, I went back there and he has the game by game statistical results of Cedric's career. Mm-hmm. And, and actually has an article from the Democrat Gazette back. When he played, that's like that rags. Yeah, just he, kidding. He finished with 90 career touchdowns, one behind the leader who was a running back from a lane. His name escapes me at this moment. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I've seen. I think it's the football uh, booklet every year because mm-hmm. Lane's always in there mm-hmm. from back in the glory days. Or maybe yeah. did they have a bunch of basketball records too from back in the day? Oh, I'm sure they did. I mean, yeah, because obviously they've merged with Marvel, and so you always see Marvel Lane. You don't hear about them very often on. I've got the, got the social media post, but I think there's uh, 11 players now with 80 rushing touchdowns or more in their career, which is Michael Dyer is probably the biggest name that a lot of people would. Uh, Vernon Hicks, as I get it pulled up go. here. Yeah. yeah, from Elaine, finished with 91 along with Gabe Husky from Harrison just a few years ago. Awesome. What do you think about two-way? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Carlisle and Hazen again, right? I mean, the, the game was so tight, and Hazen's starting quarterback was suspended for the first half because he was ejected in the previous game. Uh, so I, was there an appeal there? Uh, there was, but there was no video evidence. Ah, yeah, that so, makes a problem. So that's the problem when things happen after the play because you've got those huddle cameras they automatically record for you. Well, they don't record between plays. When is there uh, – I can't believe there's anything that's not on tape anymore. Yeah. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's it makes crazy. sense that they mm-hmm. turn it off and in yes, between plays. You know, yeah, like one of them when it kills off because I mean that that's the easiest way. Like, hey, let's go back and watch the video. Well, if the huddle focus camera cut, cuts out and doesn't record it for you, you can't review it. Do you know anything, or can you say anything? I was alerted yesterday about something that involved a Junction City coach mm-hmm. on the sideline and the official. Yeah, so so nothing's come of that. The coach the coach was good with with everything that happened. So the video is kind of misleading because they slow it down and you know how to manipulate video yeah. and you can never tell where someone's eyes are so you can see the back of an official running up the sideline and the video because you're directly behind him looks like he turns to the left and he runs he's running full speed and he runs into the junction city football coach uh and but the play is also going it's a long touchdown run by boonville in that in that football game and so he's running up the sideline to keep up with the play and he runs right into the coach and you can't tell the depth perception. Is he six inches behind the sideline? Is he three feet? Because you're directly behind it, and you don't you don't have that advantage. Uh, we, we've obviously talked to the coach. We've talked to the official, and the coach was fine with it. And, you know, obviously David Carpenter's been a, a successful coach in the state for a That's long who time. That's it was. That's it was. was run over. Yeah. Oh wow. So the head coach of Junction City who just come back the last couple of years uh, to try to help turn the Dragons around. So. But he was really he was where he shouldn't be standing because you have to be on the sideline back so many yeah, feet for the official to run. Yeah, you're supposed to be at least three yards. Yeah. I think it's a two or three yards back, and he wasn't back that far. But again, it's you're 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 cutting hairs. Uh, so thankfully, we have a coach who understands the game yeah. and you know not making okay. a huge deal That's out good. of it. Uh, Jackson says on Asher Record Live fan feedback, "What was your lock of the week last week, and what are you looking for this week?" I'm looking for a win this week. Last week I had the Giants, but I didn't feel great about it. I picked it at six and a half and went down to four and a half. And the Giants won by eight, so it was fine. So you won? Yeah, I did. Lock. Lock. <laughs> didn't feel <laughs> Never great. Never doubt. There are some weird lines this week. The USC UCLA line is intriguing at one and a half. The TCU line, and this person, uh, Zach, points this out. How about TCU minus three over Baylor? I'm on TCU all day. Now, Baylor got absolutely drummed last weekend by Kansas State. Kansas State's pretty good and yeah. probably going to play in the Big 12 championship game. Ooh, what a great rematch. K-State, TCU. TCU keeps getting doubted. Yeah, I've I'm, I'm been right there leading the bandwagon. I'm driving that bus. It's in the Waco. The bus. Baylor's been really inconsistent. It's hard not to like TCU, though. Mm, I get it. No. But they have to – well, they have a huge drop down after going to Texas and winning that one. That was a huge win for them emotionally. There's seven-point dog, seven-and-a-half-point dog last week, and they went out right by touchdown. Tonight, uh, by the way, the uh, college football playoff committee rankings will be delayed. They're going to do it in between the the big basketball games on ESPN, so we probably won't get the rankings till like eight o'clock tonight. Bobby, who do you think should, should be the four? You know, I, I was really hoping for a three-team triangle of one-loss teams out of the SEC, but Alabama screwed that up because they can't play any defense. Um, I, I think. Oh, Arkansas told me. Yeah. Well, I didn't play defense for about what, two quarters against Arkansas. I mean, you've got Georgia, who's head and shoulders above everybody else. And I think Ohio State probably beats Michigan, so there's your one-two. But now the question is, can TCU finish it? I'm I'm with Wes. I've been a big fan of TCU not being able to finish big games. But the way they played defensively in the second half against Oklahoma State and the entire game against Texas, those are supposed to be the better teams in your conference. I think they probably get in. And now the question is, does one loss Tennessee or one loss Michigan? Get in there, or you, I mean, I guess you got to leave USC into the equation. If US, we, this is what we debated the other day. If USC is a one-loss conference champion, yeah. and your only loss is on a two-point conversion by one point at a really good Utah team, you have to put. The, and they're also a national brand. There's no yeah. way I don't think that USC gets left out. I, I agree. I uh, think Tennessee needs to be in there. I think Tennessee's without a doubt, without question, one of the top four teams in America. 
but so if you as USC runs the table from here on out and they finish, um, so you leave Tennessee out in this, in this equation. So you've got your four conference champions. TCU, who's thirteen and zero, is automatically in, of course. Right. Uh, that's that's tough to say. Okay, I think Tennessee would beat TCU by fifteen, though. So. Yeah, I agree. But it doesn't yeah. matter. But I also think all three of those teams beat USC pretty handily because if you put USC, you know, they're going to piss a lot of people off in that real conference, they probably lose three or four games. Why do you say it's – we're having this debate again. Yeah. You guys realize they play football outside the SEC, you and West do, No, right? I do. I agree. And I think the yeah. Big Ten's better than, than the Pac-12. I think I this year that. the Big 12 is actually better than the Pac-12. Yeah. We, Who or, is? Big 12. The Big 12. That, that's ludicrous. No, that's ludicrous. You I agree with it. So, that's, you're both wrong. That's no. ludicrous. So Oregon's just not so, good. It's ludicrous. Where does Oregon You guys don't know anything about – Anything where, where on the does, West Coast, where does obviously. Oregon rank that is ludicrous. In, in the Pac-12 pecking order. They were supposed to be the best, and look what happened to they them last week. They lost by 41 points. Yeah. They lost by six touchdowns to Georgia. How much do you think Georgia would beat the most of the Big Ten and, pa- oh, and Big 12 teams by, bud? Probably by quite a bit, The Big too. 12 is trash. There's like three good teams there. TCU, you don't think is good, and they're the best team in the league. Yeah. Well, you just told me you don't think TCU is good, but now the Big 12 is yeah. better than the Pac-12? Yeah. Utah is a legitimately good team. They lost to Florida. Yeah, the first game of the year, bud. They lost. It's they a lot different. Florida. Do you think they'd lose to Florida today? I don't. I think they beat them by three touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you got Utah. Oregon's a good team. Yeah, they got smoked yeah. by Georgia, but most people do. Well, How'd Tennessee do against Georgia? They got smoked. Yeah, two touchdowns, but less than seven. I understand, I understand <laughs> that. Okay, but and they scored their first seven possessions. It was 49 nothing. The point is, I'm not saying that Oregon's as good as, as Georgia. I don't think anybody is. I'm with you. I think they're yeah. head and shoulders above them. So much better than everybody else. Yeah, I, Washington's a solid team. UCLA's a solid team. I mean, there's to me, it's not even so, arguable. So that's the so that's where we. Do, I, I don't know because I don't watch. I don't. I don't stay up that late on Saturday nights. So I've got to get ready for. That's a long what day I just said. You guys don't watch Pac-12 no, football. No, like I do, and I also watch a lot of the Big Twelve. Yeah. I agree in the bottom yeah. of the conference. Yeah, but they, the bottom of the conference is better in the Pac-12 this year than it's been in a long time. And then that's that's the key. To Other make a than new like conference, there are Arizona, two teams. Yeah. Arizona State, but Arizona just beat UCLA. Arizona can rise up and win. They've had a couple of good wins. They're not good. And Cal is Cal is not good, but they've had a couple of games where they they have risen up and played well. And then you've got uh, and Colorado's trash. I'll give yeah. you that. So like four through nine is where you determine how good a conference is, right? Yeah, typically because like, most conferences have pretty good one, two, three. But four through nine is where you have the measuring stick. If you totally will. agree. And I've, I've always the, the, traditionally in the last couple of years the Pac-12 has not been very good four through nine. The I Big agree. 12, the Big Twelve has been awful four through nine lately. This year they are better. Who? The Big, Big 12. Twelve. Okay, I don't think so. Let's look yeah. at. We can look at team by team. I, I'll take. I'll take the middle part of the Pac-12 over the middle part of the Big Twelve. Having watched a bunch of Big Twelve and a bunch of Pac-12. You're not a Kansas football believer? No, not now. Let's say they lost their quarterback. Maybe they get the yeah. quarterback back. They're reasonable. I guess I'm just still better because Iowa State was supposed to be a factor and they stink. They really weren't supposed to be a factor this what year. What happened to Oklahoma? Exactly. That's the point. And Oklahoma State's not any good either. I mean, are we rooting for an Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas Bowl at 6-6? Six and six? I mean, we're rooting for that, right? It'd be fun. Yeah. They're not any good. That's what you want to play in yeah. the whole game. Yeah. <laughs>